0: Welcome to another episode of Thriller Podcast, guys. Today we're talking Bitcoin Cash, what happened over the weekend. We're also talking BitConnect, and we're diving into Bitcoin. That's our main segment. Is it under attack? What do we do? Do we buy more? Do we get out? Thriller Podcast coming up now. Welcome to Thriller with Carl Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via SoundCloud and supported by... Listeners
1: like you. It's time for the news. It's time for the news.
0: It's time for the news. It's time for the news. Thriller with Car Gonzalez. Okay guys, so first up we're talking Bitcoin Cash. It was a crazy fucking weekend. If you guys don't know uh, what happened, there was a move, a big move, for people that were upset with the fact that the SegWit2x didn't take place. So you had that going on. The second thing you had going on was Bitcoin Cash. You had these people who conspired together to pump the price of Bitcoin Cash in order to reign over the top of Bitcoin. So that was going on, that's a separate thing. Third and finally, you have what people are saying was the plan all along. SegWit2x was gonna be canceled. And this was all just a big giant fucking game. Them pulling out at Segwit2x caused this major spike. It was fucking crazy. If you guys were watching on Saturday, there's tons of live streams going on YouTube. I was kind of pissed off because I didn't have any money to buy Bitcoin when it got as low as $5,400. I really wanted to buy in, but I didn't have that kind of money to buy Bitcoin that low. I do want to go over one thing, though. Rhett Creighton actually called this two weeks ago. Check this out.
1: sure let let me try to explain like i think that there's a smoke screen right now that's what i observed there's i think segwit 2x is a smoke screen and i think that uh its plan is to disrupt the the bitcoin segwit chain and then who's going to come out to be the winner in that disruption if it happens i'm ready is bitcoin is bitcoin cash
0: So this wonder kid actually gets it right. And this happened, this is two weeks ago. This interview is two weeks ago. And uh, he actually says that Bitcoin Cash was going to make this move. Now, he didn't say it word for word, but he dropped enough hints. So if he knows, then that means he has a source. And if he has a source, then that means this was planned. So interesting enough, Richard Hart, who he was uh, talking with, gave him a nice rebuttal and laid down the smackdown.
1: B Cash is a dumpster fire, piece of shit, failure, garbage shitcoin that literally doesn't have any of the improvements that Core has been making to the real Bitcoin. And on top of that is sponsored to exist by a mining centralized company, which if you're familiar with the whole censorship resistance game, miner centralization is just a slower, more expensive PayPal. So. Bcash realized that they would need to be able to protect themselves from being fucked up by having minority hash power. How would they protect themselves? By having an emergency down-targeting of difficulty. And what was the effect of this emergency down-targeting? Inflation. Shitloads of inflation. Inflation, you say, yes, sir. Whenever you mine a block, you get a block reward. And that block reward goes... To the Chinese miners that are mining it. Yes, sir, that's right. Your cryptocurrency that you had to work hard for and perhaps pay for is being handed out at five to 10 times the rate designed to the fucking miners that invented, supported, helped it fucking come to existence. So when you support Bcash, you support giving hardworking men's money to Chinese miners for the privilege of fucking over the real coin and reducing its security by stealing its fucking hash rate. Isn't that a good deal? You reduce the security of the real Bitcoin that has all the fucking smart people working on it, all the adoption, all the advertising, all the fucking nine years of hard work, you steal from those fuckers and you give the money through inflated block every minute, woohoo! except in order to game the emergency down targeting, every once in a while we have to stop mining, let there be not enough blocks, activates their fucking down target, prints free money. Yeah, yeah, free money, free money, free money. Who gets it? The Chinese fucking miners.
0: So that's one of the reasons, guys, if you are heavily invested in Bitcoin Cash, and I would seriously think about getting out, it's, again, this is not investment advice, but if, if if what he says is right, and this guy has been in this game for a very long time, so he knows what he's talking about, I would seriously think about getting rid of that Bitcoin cash as soon as possible. But this is not investment advice, so take it as you will. Let's go ahead and get into tech tip of the day. Cars, tech tip of the day. So guys, my tech tip of the day is actually Exodus Wallet. I know you guys uh, message me constantly on Twitter and I love it, so keep doing it. But uh, one of the main questions I get is what's a good hardware or software wallet? I recommend everybody get Exodus. Exodus is free, it doesn't cost any money. It's a great software wallet. Just go to Exodus.io and download your free software wallet. Very high quality app. It's one of the best software wallets out there. Honestly, I don't see me ever switching over to a different software wallet. I have it on every machine that I use. It's wonderful, check it out, Exodus.io. It is free, doesn't cost you anything for now, but in the future I could see them start charging for this. So be sure to get it now while you still can. And what's great about it is you can also exchange Bitcoin for Litecoin or for any other alt currency, Ethereum, Ether Classic, stuff like that. So get over to Exodus.io, download your free wallet for the Mac or for PC or for Linux. And that's our tech tip of the day. Let's get on to Coin Talk.
1: It is time for Coin Talk.
0: Okay, guys, so I have some information I want to share. Uh, I do want to say, though, that I will always provide transparency on this podcast, being that it's a cryptocurrency podcast. It's kind of hard to trust, um, especially when there's tons of people out there making money off affiliate codes and all that kind of stuff. So I just want you to know that it has turned out that the NextWeb published something this morning. It turns out Ethereum founder Vitalik Butin, he's a very smart guy, by the way, he suggested that popular Bitcoin investment platform, BitConnect, has been running a Ponzi scheme after all. The UK registrar of companies has threatened to shut down the dodgy platform and dissolve its operations. Um, BitConnect basically has two months to prove cause to contrary until the decision has been formally enforced, according to an official filing. Now, when we click on that filing, we find out that it's actually real, Uh, the British... Uh, government is coming after BitConnect and they do give them two months and it has here, it's right on uh, the companieshouse.gov.uk website. So yeah, I don't know what BitConnect's gonna do. Um, I am worried because I put like $500 into there. So that's probably gonna be gone here in two months and it kinda sucks, but that's how this cryptocurrency game is. Um, you take risk for high rewards and it's very much the wild west, it really is. Um, starting to find that out. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna remove that uh, BitConnect sign up at, uh, at the end of the podcast. So that way I don't want to, how do I say this? I don't wanna be affiliated with BitConnect, but at the same time I don't want to shy away from the fact that I made a mistake in, in promoting it. Because uh, at first it was I was real skeptical and then I turned around to the idea and then now I'm like back to being skeptical. So if uh, the UK is coming after them, then that means that uh, they were up to something. Now there's still people investing in BitConnect and they have lots more money than I do uh, with BitConnect. I just don't want to turn into one of those people that just doesn't acknowledge things because <laughs> I'm very much a person that takes everything by the horns. So I am acknowledging it. I do understand that um, that BitConnect is uh, it's basically a sham at this point now. So um, yeah, sucks, really does. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, especially in cryptocurrency. There's tons of cookies to be made. Let's get on to coin market cap. So if you look at Bitcoin right now, it actually is up. It's at 6,600, and uh, that's pretty much where we had to peg that, guys. Uh, if you remember, on Friday we said that it was going to be between 6,300 and 6,500 at the end of the weekend. And no matter the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash uh, fr- uh, frenzy, frenzy that it was, um, it didn't affect Bitcoin. It went down to 53, 54 on Saturday, then everybody, you know, came back to reality and bought it all back up. Um, yeah, so don't worry about Bitcoin. That is not something that you ever have to worry about. At this point, it's digital gold. There's no way in hell Bitcoin is going to go down, especially when it has pumping numbers like those Chinese miners and other people that were uh, on the exchanges trying to force it. Um, So we're gonna go into a lot more about Bitcoin here in our main topic, because it is definitely under attack. So uh, Ethereum is another one that is actually up 317. We got Bitcoin Cash at 1357. Um, like I said, this is not an investment advice, but I would seriously stay away from Bitcoin Cash. Um, we got Ripple it's at 20 cents, actually doing okay, up 3%. You got Dash making moves. Dash is a really interesting cryptocurrency, guys. I'm going to have to do a Dash show here pretty soon. Um, it is just climbing. Uh, it's down 10% today but still it's been in a climbing mode. Litecoin is a steady coin is at 61.55, it's up 4%. Probably I have a feeling it's going to get to $75. Something just tells me it's going to get to $75 by the end of the year. We'll have to wait and see on that. Monero is at 122, NEO $28, we got IOTA at 59 cents. Hmm, that's interesting. We got Ethereum Classic at 16 bucks. We got OMGO uh, we got that at $7. We got Zcash. Cardona, we got you at $0.02. And where is Stellar Lumens? We got that at $0.03. BitConnect is actually up. It's at $253. So it looks like even that bad news didn't hurt it. Um, yeah, so that's surprising. It's up 16%. Uh, we got Waves. We got Stratus at three twenty-five. Waves is at four forty-two. We got Steam. So Steam is back up to normal at $92. $92. $92. $92. Uh, so that's probably going to get up here pretty soon. Um, For the most part, everything's doing good. Let's look here at GameCoin. Yeah, and GameCoin looks like it's at $1.77, so it's up 8%. So good on GameCoin. Actually, still bullish on GameCoin. Right now is a good time to buy, especially at $1.77. So I have a feeling that it might get up here to $2.40 pretty soon. We'll just have to wait and see. Let's get on to our main topic. So right now guys, uh, Bitcoin is under attack. Um, if you try to send a transaction, you're going to be waiting a long time and that price is going to be very high to send that transaction. So if you're holding Bitcoin right now, I would hold at least for the next 10, 15 hours. Um, it's ridiculous. You have tons of people sending small transactions, um, trying to raise the price of uh, every transaction on the Bitcoin network. So. Yeah, it sucks. I'm gonna play something here by Andreas Antopoulos. Uh, he actually predicted this. And the crazy thing is he's right. It was attacked every which way. And he's been right every single time. So have a listen.
2: Bitcoin will be attacked. It will be attacked through its mining. It will be attacked through the network. It will be attacked legally. It will be attacked in every possible way. If you don't think Bitcoin's going to be attacked, you've misunderstood what this is about. You don't go and poke a 20 trillion dollar industry and go hey we're going to disrupt you <laughs> and then wait for it to roll over right? this is offensive to a lot of governments and a lot of very very rich institutions and there are a lot of people who don't want to see bitcoin succeed because it's decentralized and they're going to attack every aspect of it every aspect of bitcoin will be attacked so if a fork happens we get to learn what happens when a fork attack occurs, and we learn how to defend against fork attacks. Make no mistake. Anybody who walks into this thinking that a fork will be unopposed is going to very quickly discover that this will be a battle on all fronts. Day one, we've achieved fifty one percent. We are now going to fork Bitcoin. Kind of seems like hey, shipping date is here. Our work is done. Your problems are just about to begin, my friend. You launch a 51% attack. That means you are seven blocks ahead every 24-hour period, if you can sustain it. But inevitably, the two sides are going to attack each other. They're going to attack each other on the network. They're going to attack each other with denial-of-service attacks. They're going to attack each other with hash rate. They're going to attack each other publicly, privately anonymously and not in every possible way and immediately every bug in the software will get poked and then poked again and if you try to fix it you'd better write that code well because if you put another bug in that's going to get poked too and then it becomes a battle about who has the best software development team and how quickly they can maintain that code and keep up time because that race is only 7 blocks wide I don't think some of the people who are threatening to do a hard fork at 51% have thought clearly... about the implications of what happens immediately afterwards. This is not going to be an easy game. It's going to actually allow Bitcoin to test all the possible attack scenarios on nodes, on networks, on relay networks, on hashing, transaction malleability, replay transactions, and everything else. What will come out of that? Probably a Bitcoin that's worth a lot less, or, in my view, a technology that's worth a lot more, because it's battle-hardened. The other thing to remember, and I think this is important there's a lot of people who say, if Bitcoin stumbles, it's going to be overtaken by one of these other currencies. It's very important to not mistake smooth sailing for good sailors. Right? In order to have scaling problems, you first need to have scale. In order to have governance problems, you need to have a controversy to govern over. Right? And everything's hunky-dory kumbaya, until you have twenty billion dollars on the table, and then the long knives start getting sharpened. What is happening in Bitcoin now isn't unique to Bitcoin. If one of the other currencies gets to this scale and has to handle this many transactions, they have a scaling problem which they're going to have to resolve. There will be differences of opinion as to how to resolve that. Some approaches will lead to massive centralization and a takeover by miners. Some approaches will lead to failures in architecture and software. These problems will repeat for every other currency. These are the rites of passage. You first have to grow up to face them, right? And so the big advantage that many of the other blockchains and currencies have is they can look at Bitcoin, watch what happens, and learn these mistakes cheaply so that they don't have to repeat them expensively.
0: And you hear that word over and over again, what this is really about. Like if, if you listen to what he says, he mentions that word a couple times. He says what this is really about. And if you listen to other people that are in the cryptocurrency um, field and uh, are highly invested in it, uh, not just monetary, but like uh, influencer wise, they all say the same thing. They all say what this is really about. It's almost like it's an us versus them mentality. And um, it's interesting. It's very interesting because you're not sure who's going to win. And what I'm referring to are the uh, powers that be, you know, the uh, central, central banking system. Um, you have the different governments around the world. You have a lot of people with a lot of power looking at Bitcoin and wondering what is going on there. And is it a threat? I'm gonna play something from Richard Hart again. Um, He definitely hits this point and uh, it's really interesting. So it is kind of long, but uh, check it out. It's definitely worth
1: listening to. If you can have a single fucking party sign an agreement on behalf for a large portion of the ecosystem, that's worse than minor centralization. That's worse than 51% attacks, because it's so easy to forget what this game is really about. Okay, what Bitcoin is really about is not block timing, is not block sizes, is not cryptography. It's the Alphabet boys. When the Alphabet boys don't like what you're doing, they kick your fucking door down and they take all your shit and they put you the fucking jail. Ask Egold guy. Egold guy got fucked up. And what did he have? He had a digital currency that allowed people to transact over the internet. And that motherfucker was this close to going to jail for 20, 40 years. Now, why has Bitcoin not had its fucking door kicked in? Because there ain't nobody that you could name or that they could name that's actually in control of a large enough part to fucking matter. So if you go and you kick someone's door down, and you shoot their dog, and you drop a fucking flashbang on their infant, and do all these wonderful things guys with guns sometimes do, guess what? That part that they polluted gets routed around using the consensus of all the parties that didn't get fucked up. So not only can't you identify a person that could have signed, but if you could, this whole fucking experiment would be over, and that fucker would be in jail. It's that easy. So the game is censorship resistance. If you have a cryptocurrency that is not censorship resistant, you're getting the fuck shut down. Just a matter of time. There are the wallet providers. There are the software developers. There's people that are important like Adam back who doesn't even code shit, but works on logic and theory and algorithms that then coders will go and implement, right? There's people that have YouTube channels like me, people that are, I guess, I guess you're doing outreach now or something you're becoming more public. Uh, you know, we're influencers, right? We're force multipliers, basically. We find a good idea and then we multiply it out into the wild. We've got the users and they're not just normal users. There's users that care about anonymity and users that don't give a fuck. And they're totally different. Then we've got speculators and then we've got diehard give a fuck about libertarianism. And each one of these parties has a different set of things they care about. And that balance, that, that checks and balances is the same thing we have in law enforcement where we have a prosecutor and a defender fighting. It's the same thing we have in AI, where we have a picture identifier and a not picture identifier, adversarial. Adversarial relationships create power and strength and censorship resistance. Core is basically 4chan anonymous. However, instead of trolling and making memes and making funny videos, they make software. It's basically... Just like any other open source project, except instead of be calling instead of calling themselves Fedora, or whatever other flavor of Linux you want, their flavor of Linux is Bitcoin, and they write uh, they upgrade Bitcoin D, and that's what they do. And it gets better all the time, and they make commits every day, and it gets faster and stronger and more reliable constantly. So do they overlap with those groups you described, or very do little? They, are they separate? extremely Not, okay, little? They're sep- so they're extremely little. And and oh. that's good. That's better. Okay. That means they have less power, less control, less influence. Let me tell you how little fucking influence Blockstream Core has. Second, that company was created by cypherpunks who've been hardcore, diehard, privacy-loving, digital scarcity maintaining badass motherfuckers, quoted by Satoshi in his fucking white paper. Satoshi named two or three people in his paper, and Adam Back was one of them. Okay? Adam Back popularized and made useful uh, proof of work. Okay, he started Blockstream, but he didn't start it like every other fucking guy. Adam Back could go do an ICO right now and get rich as fuck. Every core dev could go do an ICO right now and get rich as fuck. But they don't because they care and have cared for 20 fucking years about the mission of privacy and user control and user power, which is why they build shit like confidential transactions, which is why they do shit like not sign fucking stupid corporate asshole agreements in fucking New York. You know, a lot of people, maybe they can't get a visa to go to New York to sign some fucking agreement, or maybe they've got family ties that they need to fucking do. What, what could be more poisonous and cancerous to a fucking censorship-resistant, cryptocurrency, fucking cyberpunk movement than a backroom-signed fucking agreement by a bunch of people who have the consensus of jack shit? Miners? These motherfuckers aren't on Twitter. These motherfuckers are not on Reddit. These motherfuckers often don't speak English. Do I want people I am incapable of communicating with, even though I'm a very talkative dude? Very talkative dude. I get out there, right? I answer the phone. I fucking put my hours in. These dudes ain't calling. I don't want no people that I can't communicate with speaking on my fucking behalf and fucking with my money. I don't want a bunch of fucking companies sucking American corporate cock fucking with my money at all. I I agree. Barry Silbert has done a shitload of good things for this community. And I don't think that he knew the can of worms and and fucked upness he was opening when he tried to do what he considered to be an improvement to the protocol. The protocol could very easily, in my opinion, survive an upgrade to two megabytes. However, an upgrade to two megabytes needs to be reached at from the many into the few. If the fucking upgrade, no matter how good it is, comes from the few to the many, that is the golem, the, the fucking thing that will kill us. That thing of doing the right thing from a central point of power destroys the whole fucking game so you have to get your you have to get your stack right first censorship resistance second security third outreach marketing value adoption fifth user experience uh bullshit upgrades people barely care about even even full dude full blocks price shot through the roof Blocks coming slower because we lost half the miners, price through the roof. You know what people really want? They want the fucking price to go up. They don't really give a shit if they have to wait a day to do a transaction. If Bcash took 90% of the fucking miners and you could only do one transaction a month, I bet the price would go even fucking higher because this currency is used as digital gold. One day, maybe, it'll be used as a currency in the normal sense of a currency, but right now it's not. It's surely not. So let's not fucking cut off our nose to spite our face. Let's not pretend we're something we're not. We are digital gold currently, and maybe one day tier two will make us cash. But right now we're digital gold, and digital gold doesn't need throughput, doesn't need to increase the shitty transactions per second from fucking three to six, or three to 12. It still sucks shit. 12 transactions per second fucking sucks. So it's not worth taking a lot of risk to get something that only increases linearly when we need exponential increases. We need tier two no matter what. So I don't give a fuck if the improvements are good. You can't risk the top of your stack. Censorship resistance, security, user onboarding, value, appreciation. We need this price to go fucking up. If it doesn't have liquidity, it gets out-competed by everything else. Currency is a liquidity war. Digital gold is a liquidity war. And the closer we get to the value of gold, like percentage-wise, the total market cap, not like the unit value, Gold's fucked. Dude, gold is fucked, so fucked. You can go get more gold out of the ground. You can go buy more machines. You can go like mechanically get more out of the stuff. You can mine it out of cell phones that have been thrown in the garbage. Can't do that shit with Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's fucking amazing, unless people fuck the security model up by making central decisions instead of general decisions. So Barry Silbert, he was doing the right thing. However, in this weird case, because it's a world weird game we're playing here, the right thing is the wrong thing. You can't make this protocol better from a central point. It'd be better to be locked and never changed like fucking IPv4, right? We've had IPv6 on paper for what, 15 fucking years? And IPv4 is still working great for the vast majority of human beings. And if Bitcoin fucking locked right now and had no other technical improvements whatsoever, but the value kept going up, I think everyone would be fucking okay with that.
0: It's true. It's digital gold. That's why I said from the beginning of this podcast, that's why I've always said if you're going to hold any type of coin, let it be Bitcoin. We'll just have to wait and see. We live to fight another day. And Bitcoin being under attack today and under attack this weekend just shows that there's going to be more of this, guys. So when the chips get low and you're getting scared, like this weekend when people were cashing out their Bitcoin to buy Bitcoin cash at $2,000 a coin... Which is ridiculous. Now it's down to like thirteen hundred dollars. I mean, don't do it. Hold steady. Buy more when it drops. If Bitcoin were to drop to three thousand dollars, if this happened again, again this weekend, which it very might will, if this happened again this weekend, and Bitcoin drops to three thousand dollars, I'm buying. I'm buying Bitcoin along with everybody else and holding because that thing is gonna soar back up. That's another episode of Thriller Podcast. Let's get on to the end of the show. You know, I love receiving mail from you guys. I really do. But what I love even better is being contacted via Twitter. So hit us up at Thriller Podcast on Twitter. If you guys want to take pictures and send them my way, feel free to at Instagram, at Thriller Podcast. And for all you Snap people out there, the Snap Spectacles... Hit us up on car-cons, search for it, and our website, thrillerpodcast.club. If you guys want to support the show, go over to ThrillerPodcast.club Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and become a part of the Thriller Army. You can donate a dollar a month to get access to everything that we have to offer at Patreon. If you guys want to get into the mining game, join Genesis. Go to ThrillerPodcast.club Genesis and save 3%. If you guys just want to buy straight up Bitcoin, go to ThrillerPodcast.club Coinbase You'll get a free $10 of Bitcoin with your first purchase. That's awesome. Hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll see you next time on Thriller Podcast. We are out.
1: This is the end of the show.
0: You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Carl Gonzalez. Killer Podcast wants you to have a nice day. Remember to buy Bitcoin and save the world one Satoshi
1: at a time.